Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. I'm, I'm shaking my head, Natalie, um, at this best of that we just played. And I don't know if our YouTube audience saw it, find it if you didn't. Um, so I, I want this to be in context, but our loyal viewers saw yesterday's show with Dr. Jason Johnson. I'm shaking my head at the ignorance that takes place when I'm not here. Like when the cat's away, the mice definitely play here at Brother from Another. So I guess... You know, hey, Michael, how you doing? I guess I should say I'm light skinned and I'm alive. I'm alive and light skinned. Is that what, is that what we're doing now? What are we doing? No, I mean, you're black and alive too, you know. <laughs> but let me my tell man you what said, I. My, my man said I'm alive and black. I'm alive and brown. Y'all, 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 y'all are foolish. Y'all are so foolish. <laughs> you want to know what I'm most excited about? It's really mm. sort of petty. Well, this is the first time I'm appearing on camera next to you where the quality of my image looks better than yours. But why don't you explain to people why you look a little different today? What's wrong, what's wrong with my image? What's wrong with it? No, you it's look fine, wrong. but I just, I just look okay. better because, yeah, you know. So. Well, you, well, you always look better. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I candy that you are. That's why we, that's why we brought you here, you know. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, I'm at the combine. I'm still at the combine, you know, I, I, but I came to bring order to this show since y'all just out of control. Uh, but no, I'm still at the combine and I figured I'd, I'd, I'd have some ambiance, you know, some some activity going on. I'm at the JW Marriott. Uh, I'm in the, the, the I guess, the common area where there's a Starbucks and a lot of like coaches and GMs and agents and whatnot kind of traffic through this area. So I figured I'd give y'all a little flavor of the combine. Uh, meanwhile, the workouts are going on over at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, but nowhere I'd rather be than with you. I'll tell you what, man. Like, I've enjoyed this week. It's been a productive week. I feel like as I, as I continue to kind of reintegrate myself and uh, re-ingratiate myself into this world, this NFL world, um, you know, I felt like it was important for me to just come here and shake hands, kiss babies, you know, reconnect with people, meet new people, that sort of thing. Um, be the people person that I am. But like, man, I'm just in love with so many players. Like this is why, you know, my dream is to be a GM. That's why I can't be a GM because I want to draft everybody. And, <laughs> and, maybe it's, and, and maybe it's because, you know, uh, these kids are, you know, mature for their age and polished, and, you know, they, they know how to present well, but I, I think I'm a pretty good, you know, um, uh, a pretty good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm pretty good at like figuring out bullshit. I think I am, you know what I mean? Man, these kids that I got a chance to talk to, so I've talked to, in no particular order, Nolan Smith from Georgia, Anthony Richardson from Florida, Will Levitz from Kentucky. Um, off camera, I talked to CJ Stroud from Ohio State and Jackson Smith and Jigman from Ohio State. Talked to Joey Porter Jr., which that's how old I'm getting. I'm talking to Joey Porter Jr. Uh, from Penn State. Um, who else did I talk Who am I missing? I talked to somebody else. Just... Oh, and uh, Zay Flowers from Boston College. Uh, yeah, yeah. Zay, and all of, and by the way, all of this quick plug, all this available 
on the NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel. This for my Gets It interview series. All these kids get it. All of them get it. And they're just so they're so impressive. Um, they're obviously impressive athletes. They're obviously, um, you know, very good at their craft and they've worked hard to be here at the combine and be draft eligible. And all these guys are gonna hear their names called earlier that I just mentioned. But just beyond that, man, like they just they've come from uh, you know, some in some cases challenging, you know, upbringings and challenging backgrounds to just uh just to become model citizens and model teammates and the type of people like Nolan Smith in particular, like forget drafting. I would, I would adopt Nolan Smith. I'm firing up franchise mode in Madden just so I could draft Nolan Smith. Like that dude is the, like for as impressive as he was yesterday, running that f- sub four, four forty, jumping over 40 inches at 238 pounds and six, three, the person like he's a math, he's a, a math major. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's brilliant, you know? Um, so these guys, and even Bryce Young, got a chance to say hi to Bryce Young as well. These guys are just all so, um, they're so impressive and they just bring such quality characteristics to the table where whatever team gets them is just, I, yeah, I, listen, maybe I'm just falling for the man in the tailpipe. I don't know. Like, even Will Levis, like Will Levis, for as weird and quirky as people think Will Levis is, man, let me tell you something. You know, I can, I, I absolutely Will Levis. I can, I can hang out with Will Levis. But more than okay. anything, I was saying, He's a quarterback. He comes off like a professional NFL quarterback. I've been around a lot of them over the course of the last 20 years. That was my impression of Will Levis. Like, he's just, he's just a quarterback. That's what he is. Like, you know, and, and he presents and projects that way. Hayden, uh, Hendon Hooker. Sorry, Hendon Hooker. Can I forget Hendon Hooker? Came up to me and was like, yo, man, what's up? I saw him at the Super Bowl. Then we had an interview yeah, with him at the Super Bowl. Loved, yep. him, loved him then. Now I got to find a way to draft him in the first round of my dynasty draft because I'm in love with him and Hooker too. <laughs> it's like all of these kids, man. Like I'm just, I'm just enjoying being around these young men. That's all I can say. What was there any conversation that you had like where I know that you just loved all of them and they all like impressed you, but like what were you most surprised to learn or like just something that you just wouldn't have expected? Oh man. Uh... And excuse the typo, it's JSN. Fix that typo right quick, Garrett. It might have been my fault. It's JSN, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, what was I most what was Zay Flowers, for example? He's the 11th of 14 children. Let's start with him. 14 children, you know? Um, you know, and uh, his mom unfortunately died when she was five, or when he was five, I beg your pardon. Uh, raised by his dad and his grandmother, turned down a bunch of, and a lot of people uh, know the story, turned down a bunch of NIL money to stay at Boston College. Uh, you know, he was great. Uh, Will Levis, who I really wanted to challenge on the mayonnaise and his coffee thing, said that that was a one-off. He doesn't typically do that, which I said is a relief because if he did regularly put mayonnaise in his coffee, I would have to drop him down my personal draft board. So thankfully, that's not a thing for him. Um, that was good. Um, that shouldn't be a thing for anybody. It shouldn't be, but he did it once and it kind of stuck. And unfortunately, he's got to live with it. Uh, Anthony Richardson, you know, so I read this story and I got a chance to talk to him about it. Anthony Richardson, when he was in high school, studied to be a firefighter. Like he wanted to be a firefighter. So it's like, if you're, look, if you're wondering about like the maturity of a kid, he's 20 years old, everybody's worried about his lack of experience and whether or not, you know, he can play right away. One thing you can do is leave. One thing you can do is be a professional. One thing you can do is like handle crisis because he's literally right. been trained to put out fires, you know? So just the, the backstory on some of these kids. Yeah, man. You know, I just, I love their stories. I love their stories. I love their journeys to get to this point, that path to the draft, as, as we say. So it's been nice to, to really just kind of get to know them. Um, they're just all so personable. They really are. 
Um, and again, they're trained for this moment. It's a job interview. They know how to put their best foot forward. But um, the truth of the matter is, like, it, it, you know, I've seen a lot of kids, and it's not to say that they'll never, they'll never have any missteps. It's not to say that they'll never, you know, um, run into any difficulty. And I'm not suggesting that, oh, I know them, you know, just from a 20-minute conversation. No more than these teams know them from a 20-minute conversation in which they're putting their best foot forward. But you kind of do get a feel for them. And I, and I feel good about the kids that I've talked to. Tomorrow I'm going to talk to B. John Robinson from Texas and um, and Paris Johnson um, from Ohio State. So yeah, I'm having a good I'm having a good time. I'm back. I, I feel like I'm kind of back home. But this is my this is like my this is this is what I came up doing. Like it's been about a decade since I've been at the combine. Like I used to do this every year. This is how mm-hmm. I like established my reputation and my relationships throughout the league was events like the Senior Bowl and the Combine that sort of thing. So it's kind of nice to be back where it kind of all began. Um, when I was doing that, how you was hanging out last home. night because you're trying to relive everything like you used to do. So you even hung out last night like a like a young guy. They, they had me out in these streets past my bedtime. I was out, I was out till one o'clock in the morning. To, so the spot that so was at, I was at this place, High Velocity, uh, at the J, here at the JW Marriott. I was out at uh, what's that the spot I was at? at uh, out at um, Prime Forty Seven, and I, I walked in there and I I, I spent about fifteen minutes. I'm like, yo, I got to go to bed. I got to get up early tomorrow. I got interviews. I got to do the show with Natalie tomorrow. So I I still went to bed at a reasonable time. You know, I stuck with my lemonade, my iced tea. You know, um, but yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good week. It's good to be out in these streets. It's good to be out here again. You know, feeling young, keeping up with these kids. You know, cool. All yeah. right, wow. We've been talking about kids a lot lately on the show, or young young players, young guys. Um, but there's a young player who keeps coming up, you know, in the league in the NBA specifically, and mm-hmm. I feel like a oh, lot yeah. of the- a lot of the times we're talking about him, you know, before it's been like, you want to be talking about him because he's one of the most exciting young players in the NBA, but we keep hearing about all his off-court stuff. And I'm specifically talking about John Morant because yeah, yeah. a couple of days ago, the Washington Post dropped a news story about him. And the story wasn't new, not everything in it. Um, we'd heard about it before, but there were like some more details, you know, shedding light on some incidents that have been occurring with Ja off the court. And it's, I don't know, it's its perplexing to me, really. And we we got into it yesterday on the show uh, when, well, we, I wasn't on, but you know what I mean. But Jason and and, and Michael, yeah. they talked mm-hmm. about it because it's And we've just, talked about it before. We talked about we it in the Super Bowl. We did. When, uh, when, the, when, the, when the laser investigation was concluded with the Pacers and whatnot, yeah. And just now, three weeks later, three weeks later or four weeks, a month, whatever it is. And we're talking about something else with Ja. And so, you know, our viewers uh, weighed in. They had a lot to say, you know, about the conversation that we had yesterday. And they seem to be concerned. And I mean, I guess my question is, at what point do we start to be concerned, Mike? Like, is it- oh, we passed that point. I mean, we passed that point. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, you know. Ahead. No, finish your thought. Yeah, I, it's just- it's like all these these things isolated don't seem like a big deal. But then they start to add up. But like, you're here. And again, these are alleged things. So we don't know. We want to continue to make that clear. But like, brandishing a weapon or, you know, like, it's just starting to... a teenager and let me know what time he get off from finish right. line, which is like... <laughs> 
mean, it's, it's uh, going back to the point I was making about, you know, these prospects. I mean, you know, John Moran scouting report. I don't recall. Now I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I don't run an NBA circles like that. But I don't ever recall John Morant's scouting report when he was coming out of school and he was coming into the league, suggesting that there would be anything resembling trouble for him off the court. So this is this is, you know, he acting kind of brand new right now, and it's weird because it's like he's he's displaying the behavior of the stereotypical behavior of what would have been associated with a player entering the NBA right out of high school who wasn't ready for everything that the NBA bestowed upon him, whether it was the money, whether it was the fame. It's like all the reasons why they wanted to raise the age minimum back in the day was because of this type of stuff. And it's like, John never, John never was associated with this. And why is this happening now? He's still young, but he's not that young. Like he's not a kid. You know what I mean? He's a professional basketball player who by now should be used to moving differently than maybe he once did. It's very concerning. I, I guess it's not whether we should be concerned, it's whether the NBA should be concerned, whether the Grizzlies be, should be concerned. Like, because I'm tired of hearing the Grizzlies and the NBA had no comment. You know, at, at what point do you have a comment? At what point do you intervene? At what point do you intercede? At what point uh, is there some kind of a a, a, a sit down and a come to Jesus moment where it's like, yo man, listen, whether or not all of this is true, it's all police reports, it's all alleged, we get it. But before something does pop off that, you know, derails your very, very promising career or worse, get your shit together. You know what I'm like? If, yeah, I, if, if, I, if, I, if I saw John right now, I'd be like, hey man, what's up? Love your game, get your shit together. That would be my message to John. Just that simple, like because it's like this is this is all it's unnecessary. It's like it's unnecessary drama, and not to say a lot of the drama is ever necessary, but this just feels like like why, like why, like why, why are you even associated with these types of things? Why is this even part of your life? Why, you know what I mean? It just it doesn't because it's like it's not. It's not like, okay, just again, being stereotypical, it's like, man, you know, the, 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 the stuff that he, that he got out of, you know, like if you go back to like the old, the age old story, the stuff that he got out of, he just can't escape it. He was never a part of that, that that I'm aware of. You know, so it's like, like, why, why is this your chosen? It's like, he's choosing this path and choosing, choosing this environment and choosing these types of um, circumstances. Uh, when they didn't choose him. It's weird. It is very it's perplexing and it's vexing. It is. And I mean, some some comments I didn't post because, you know, you know. How yeah, I couldn't see it. What, what, what was it? Yeah. Give me a kind of feel for some of the comments. Yeah, I mean, people are just like, yeah. look, it, it's concerning. And, you know, also, you know, some some people try to joke like Josh should learn how to shoot. <laughs> in the gym, <laughs> you know, so like trying to make like light of it, but um, you know, walking down a dangerous road, real or not, it doesn't look good, period. Um, he wants to be gangster so bad. I mean, we touched on this, like it feels like you're choosing this, but there were also some others that like, I didn't put up cause you know, sometimes people try to go in too much, but you know, usually you kind of wonder about who's around him. And, and to all of our knowledge, he comes from like a really good structure family environment. But people are calling into question his parents because we're like one of the stories involved, like his mom reaching out to him and then 
he reacted to an incident that occurred at the mall. And, you know, there was the whole incident with the Lakers and Shannon Sharp and his father was like right in the mix of it. So it's like, are they encouraging this behavior? I, I don't know. I don't know his parents and I don't want to talk about them, but it's just yeah, the no, whole- No, we ain't talking about the parents. <laughs> yeah, the whole situation is just very bizarre to me. It's, it's, yeah, that's what no. it's bizarre. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I guess I will say this about his parents. I mean, typically when something like this is is is, is happening around a, around a player, it's your parents that pull you aside and keep you grounded and say, no, nah, this ain't how we're doing this. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, that, that they get you centered. But when they seem to be at the center of the issues, you know, allegedly, that's even more concerning because it's like, if not your parents, then who's going to put you in check? You know what I mean? Like, who, who's going to like, maybe maybe Steven Adams needs to put him up against the wall and let him know what time it is. You know, something. But somebody's got to put him in check. Somebody's got to have his ear to be able to say, bro, this, ain't, this is not you. Not only is it not you, it's beneath you. Even if it is you, it doesn't need to be you anymore. Um, it's time for you to put away childish things. Um, yeah, it just it, everything we describe, I just feel like high school. Or like, I feel like I'm back in the plaza in New Orleans East. With some shit going yeah. down at Foot Locker or Champs or Finish Line or Athlete's Foot. Like, what are we, what, like, dude, you're like, bro, you John Morant. Like, why are you even at yeah. the finish line? Like, the only time I'm supposed to be seeing John Morant at the finish line is a poster of John Morant in the yeah. window trying to sell exactly. his Nikes. That's the only time I'm supposed to be reading about John Morant at a, at a footwear apparel store. Or if you were appearing there to give away some shoes to some kids, not running up on those security guards talking about what time to get off. Like, come on, man. Like, like this is not. This is the type of stuff that, again, going back to where I'm at, like would raise red flags for prospects when they're coming into the league. Like, right. do we need to be concerned about this? And I remember we talked about the Super Bowl. I really did. I was I was hesitant. And, and to, some, to some extent, I still am. I, I'm hesitant to make any general proclamation. I don't know the kid. I don't know his people. You know, I'm not trying to make any general proclamation about who he is or who he isn't. But it really is kind of walking and, and talking and quacking like a duck right now. You know what I mean? Right. And so, you know, it, 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 to answer your original question or to, to go back to your original point, it does feel concerning. Um, and if it's being overblown, I'd rather overreact right now and get out in front of this thing as an NBA community, as a basketball community. Who really, I think most people, you know, admire this kid and want to see him do well and think he could be one of the faces of the league if he isn't already one of the faces of the league. I mean, like, you know, I think about John Moran. I think about, I told you, the best experience in my life recently was coaching eighth grade, 14 and under AAU basketball last spring and summer. And I remember going to a Marquee Hoops event and they got the little tables where they sell like different apparel or whatever, different vendors. And, you know, the point guard of the team I was coaching, you know, they got these little tights that the kids like to wear underneath their shorts or whatever. It was, right. it was like a, tights with John Morant on them, like a John Morant photo. And all the kids wanted John Morant. You know, that's that's all they wanted. And so I just bought the team, you know, a bunch of tights so they could all have these matching tights. So, I mean, I, I guess I'll just look, I'll look at it through the prism. I hate to sound like an old dude, but I look at it through the prism of like, you know, the kids, because, you know, when, now that I have kids, like when I was when I was a young journalist, when I was a young, you know, sports writer, I rarely ever said anything about kids looking up to you. You know, because I just thought it was cliche. I thought it was lame. I thought it was tired. But now that I have kids of that age, now that I'm around kids and coach kids of that age, I do understand why people often often invoked that. You know, all the way going back to Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model. It's like, yeah, but you, right. you are, my man. You know what I mean? And it's like, now that I see it directly, the impact that they have, 
I'm like, man, you know, that's a, uh, you, you know, if, if, if for no other sake, but theirs, nobody else sake but theirs, do, don't even perpetuate the idea that this is what it means to be cool. Cause it's not, this is, this is not the definition of cool. You know, what's cool getting your bread, being an all-star, being an all NBA, winning a championship, having that kind of legacy and that kind of reputation. That's cool. You know, so that's all no, I got. I, I ain't agree. really got much. Other than that, I ain't really got much to say. No, I don't either. I don't. I, when I talk about the Grizzlies going forward or John Morant, I want it to be because I'm talking trash about them as a Warriors fan and, and how much I dislike them or yeah. how he's fighting and has the potential face of the, you know, to be the potential face of the league. And so I would like him and his teammates to stop making the news for all this other all stuff. All the wrong and, reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Like in yeah. general. And I mean, even if it is just them talking a lot, it's just like, it's too much from them now. Like just, you know, I hate to be like, just focus on basketball. And I don't mean it in that way. Like they can't have other interests, but it's just too much from that team for me. It's like, yeah, come on. It's real, it's real, real loud. It's real loud. You know, chill with the, chill with the hustle and flow <laughs> storylines. <Word>. You know? <laughs> uh, <you're> right. <laughs> You ain't got to be that Memphis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can, you can play at Memphis. You ain't got to be that Memphis. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like Grit and Grind did it. And they did it. Like, they, like maybe go talk to Grit and Grind. Because to me, they represented yeah. Memphis. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's break time, right? Okay, cool. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Derek, um, he's got an elite, elite uh, mental makeup uh, with regards to football IQ. He's got uh, tremendous accuracy and arm strength. He can put the ball anywhere you want. He's been asked to do a lot in his career. And uh, and you just look at him like I've, I've said it before. I think he's he's more in line with what Stafford's career has been in terms of, uh, you know, if you could just get him into a, a place that can surround him with all the pieces to allow him to just play quarterback 10 to 15 times a game. Uh, it'd be pretty cool, but uh, uh, he's, he's he's a solid young man. Yo, Charles Robinson, um, I don't know if you saw, you didn't see the show because you're in Indy with me, so you were working. 
But on the show the other day with Michael Holly, uh, in our on Tuesday, first day I was out here, and he actually invoked Matthew Stafford because he seems to think that I got something against Derek Carr, which I do not. But I, but I was talking about Carr, you know, just being fine, you know, being, you know, decent, not good, not great, but decent. He was like, he could be the shit, the roles were reversed. Cause I used to cape up for Matthew Stafford in Detroit when he went to the Rams. He was like, oh, the roles could be reversed. This could be another Matthew Stafford situation where, you know, Derek Carr goes to the right situation and completely rehabilitates his image or whatever. Not rehabilitates, but enhances, I guess, should have been. Having said all that, my man, I've been too busy socializing. Meanwhile, you've been actually getting work done, talking to people in the know. Stafford's been here. I haven't run into him. I was hoping to run into him. Stafford's been here meeting with teams. Not Stafford. Damn. Carr's been here meeting with teams. That'd be, that'd be real news if Stafford was here meeting with teams. Carr has been here meeting with teams. Uh, when can we expect some kind of resolution to Derek Carr's free agency tour? Well, the Derek Carr free agency tour, it's, a, it's an Aaron Rodgers story as much as it is a Derek Carr story. And Word. I think that Rodgers is ahead of him in the queue right now with the Jets. It's it's a reality. And I think the dividing line between those two players, it's it's really twofold. Number one is Rodgers going to tell the Packers, I'm ready to move on. It's time for me to move on to a different horizon. Um, and then number two, what would the compensation look like um, for the, the New York Jets? Ownership very much is intrigued. By Aaron Rodgers. I think the front office is intrigued by Aaron Rodgers. I think the coaching staff is. However, I also think that you have a front office there in Joe Douglas who has been very careful about uh, uh, assets, about what he offers, what he puts on the table. He was part of the Tyreek Hill um, trade outlook at one point. And he was very careful about, you know, not putting a multitude of assets on the table while also knowing he was going to have to pay Tyreek Hill the kind of money that uh, Tyreek Hill was going to command with a new contract. So I think he will approach it um, with Aaron Rodgers in the same fashion if the Packers do open up um, trade talks with with Rodgers. And, you know, if, if the trade bounty, this idea of giving up multiple first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how real that is, okay? And I, and mm -hmm. I say that because unless the Raiders are lying, I fully believe the Raiders – are far more inclined right now to draft one of the young quarterbacks and mold and fit that person into their system and culture than they are to trade for Aaron Rodgers with a one or two year window, pay Aaron Rodgers and hope that there is some synergy between he and Josh McDaniels. This is not Tom Brady. Okay. Tom Brady would have been an entirely different animal because he and Josh have familiarity with them, with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, uh -huh. Josh knows what Tom would have brought to the table from a practice mentality, uh, the scheme, all these different things. He does not have that familiarity with Aaron Rodgers. And then there's the assets and, and then also the money. So I'm just telling you, I think Aaron Rodgers right now, the market for Aaron Rodgers has been thought to be the Jets and the Raiders. I think it's the Jets. I don't yep. think it's the Jets and the Raiders right now. And I think that is sure. what affects, affects Derek Carr. So I think this is something that gets resolved. We should know, have an idea on Aaron Rodgers, I think, in the next seven days. You know, they, they want to get an answer from him prior to that free agency negotiation window opening up uh, in mid-March. Mid so you talk about um, the Raiders being more inclined to, um, to draft one of the young guys. I was telling Natalie earlier, I brief high and by with Bryce Young. 
conversation, mini conversation with uh, CJ Stroud. Um, I did an interview with Anthony Richardson. Uh, I've done an interview and talked additionally with Hendon Hooker. Um, and what am I missing? Oh, and I did another interview with Will Levis. So I've kind of like had some level of interaction with all the, more or less all the top quarterbacks in this year's class. And I love them. Like, I know there's no consensus, number one. Bryce Young is probably number one. But I, you know, I love them. Like, as people, as, you know, and, I, and again, I, you know, you and I, they're all trained to, to present well. You know what I mean? It's a job interview. Of course, they're going to put their best foot forward. But I'm like, and especially Anthony Richardson, who I think, sidebar, I was hoping to get Anthony Richardson fourth overall in my dynasty draft. So much for that, because he's going to light it up tomorrow. I can see some teams falling in love with him because of his maturity. Dude wanted to be a firefighter in high school and trained to be a firefighter. I mean, it's like the intangibles that these kids possess in one way or another are just all so impressive. So I'm just wondering what you're hearing about how these quarterbacks are acquitting themselves in the interview setting, because I know that the ones that are throwing, whether it's Stroud, Richardson, and Levis, they're all going to put on the show tomorrow at, at Lucas Oil Stadium. Right. I Well... It's interesting because I know you just talked to Anthony Richardson today. And um, I think that is a player that um, has the ability to generate a significant amount of heat in this process. And I think some of that will be done through the interviews as people get to know him a little bit more as a person, as they quiz him a little bit on like his football aptitude, which that, that really will go more along with the team visits. So this is more of a brief interview, get to know you, yeah. see his personality in the room, that kind of thing. Um, so far, what I have heard is great things and that bodes well, because I think the expectation is when he gets out there and he throws, he is considered a, an underdeveloped at, at this point, total package guy, that this is where the quarterback position is moving in the NFL. He has size arm uh, like the athletic ability where you look at all the court, Josh Allen, where you look at Lamar Jackson, when you look at Patrick Mahomes, um, the multitude of players where they should really be carrying the league into the you know the next phase of the position. Richardson really fits that. And so all he has to do is go out there, show the wares, impress in interviews. And I think teams could then start to look at him and the question they will ask themselves is, is he Josh Allen? Or, and I know the book is still out, you know, the book isn't finished on Trey Lance, but is he is he Trey Lance? Josh Allen came into the league monumental step each year for Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Once he got mm -hmm. NFL coaching, started to take huge quantum leaps forward every single year. Lance, it's been a bumpier road, and we don't know. I think if teams look at him and they go, he's got the ability to be Josh Allen, where he's with our coaching, with NFL coaching year-round and refining of him, he's going to be a quantum leap guy. Now all of a sudden you're talking about instead of him being middle of the first round to late half of the first round, you could see him being top seven. Could he go to the Raiders at seven? Could he be someone who really pushes himself up in that process? I think he's he is the quintessential fall in love with this guy as you get to know him better. I think Will Levis yeah. is another guy who's got that ability because he has the cannon arm. Yeah. Everybody loves Bryce Young. It's the 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 weights and measures tomorrow is going to be a big deal because they want to see how tall is yeah. he, how much weight can he put on his frame and for durability issues. Yeah, for what it's worth, he didn't feel small. Or I didn't feel him, but I mean when I saw him, he didn't Presented small, but then again, when you're going up against the Will Andersons of the world, that's where you're small. I'm sorry, now you want to say something? <laughs> I was going to say, um, so, I mean, it sounds like potentially Richardson or maybe someone else has a chance to, to rise. 
higher than maybe initially projected. Is there anyone else you're seeing that's maybe like a sneaky riser or anything who might come up? Well, Mike actually talked about Hendon Hooker. And and I think, you know, the people look at Hooker and they say, well, there's the age. Okay. So there's the advanced age. You're talking about a quarterback who's, you know, going to play really at 25 years old. Um, you talk about the the injury that he comes off of, but that said, um, I think teams like him a lot. I think they really, they, the interactions they have had with him. Um, I actually yeah. talked to a couple of staffs that made the trip to see him um, play live before the injury occurred. He can spin it. I think there's, there's, had he not suffered the injury, I think the one thing teams would have been looking at is they would have said, well, look, because, you know, just, he's just not the younger, you know, not the youngest guy, you know, in this class. Um, I think teams are looking at him as like a, a second round pick right now, but I, I'm just telling you, I think it's, they're starting to process this idea that it's like, hey, look, if the injury hadn't happened, would he be a first round pick? Man, it's very possible yeah. he would be a first round pick. And but, it's just the opinion. How will he bounce back? But I, I'm just telling you across the board, everybody I've ever talked to about this kid, extremely yeah. impressed. And and yeah. all you have to get over, um, the, the hurdle you have to get over as a team is if you like everything else, you just have to go, okay, he's older. Maybe our window isn't quite as big, but if he plays for a long time, you still get 10 years, easy. So that's what I'm saying. Like the older thing, it's like nowadays quarterbacks, especially with the rules, they play into their mid thirties, if not late thirties. They're not they're retired, good, right? The the great ones right. aren't retiring at 35. They're not retiring right. at 35 anymore. Yeah. Right. So. And so it's like you get a guy who's polished, who's smart, who can process things. Hell, got big leadership Love, abilities. Yeah. Jordan Love will be 28 before you see the freaking field at this rate. So it's like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, because most yeah. of these guys, I mean, because conversely, you're talking about Levinson Richardson having to sit for a year or two. Well, guess what they're going to end up playing when they're 23, 24, 25 years old anyway? So give me the All guy right. who's ready to play and ready to lead men. He's more of a man. So can a quarterback, can he come into the league? Can he lead other men in this locker room? Well, he's a grown ass man at 25. So yes, he can lead men. So give me give me him and Hooker any any day of the week as a value pick. Um, yo man, one of the things you know I respect about you, just kind of going league wide, is your background as an investigative journalist. You've done a lot of groundbreaking work in that area in your career. I would venture to say, what the NFLPA just put out in that report card is one of the yeah. best pieces of investigative journalism that we've seen in a long time. And I would so love good. to know what the fallout what the fallout is. Because some of these teams ought to be ashamed of themselves. Conversely, the Vikings have a lot to be proud of. But when you're the Cardinals yeah. or the Jaguars or even the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, you got some explaining to do. When when you get aired out on a rat infestation in your in your you know in your locker room, and you know, I mean, that's just that's awful. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. have to be mortified to have that be something. First off, this. I think this thing's brilliant. I heard about this back in like July, okay, that they were working on developing this thing. And by the way, props to JC Treader, who's the NFLPA president. What I've been told is that JC was really the driving force behind this, having been, you know, a player for so long and been talking to other players and this need for they kind of called it a free agency report card, but it's I think it's just a health report card on the status of franchises. What do players think? And yeah. the, the fact that they got 1,300 of 2,200 players, it's like a 60% response rate for the first one is amazing. And I think that will go up. I think it'll grow that number. I think the survey will get better. But 
when you heard about some of these things, the fact that the Bengals have had this success, don't give their players supplements, don't give them vitamins. Mm -hmm. They're only one Mm -hmm. of three teams in the league to not offer them dinner, which I know people roll their eyes and they think that doesn't matter. Stop comparing your job to NFL players' jobs, okay? (laughs) Because this is part of what matters. You fuel players, everything they do, you know, training table is a big deal in how you do your work, especially if you're in the facility all day. Okay. Yeah. And so here, I'll give you a story real quick that I don't think made it in there. It may have, or may not have, I, I, I forget. Cause I wasn't able to kind of go into the description of everything. There was literally a team when they players were talking about showers, the drainage wasn't working. doesn't work like in their showers. And sometimes the toilets don't flush. So players oh. are going into showering facilities okay which first off are archaic anyway they're still showering the way they were in the 50s like we may, maybe we should get over this when we start building showering shower facilities if i can go into an la fitness and have more privacy showering than nfl players come in a facility that's ridiculous but I'll, I'll put that to the side the water was not draining so literally players are cleaning their bodies and standing in standing water dirty mm. water in the mm. showers what are you doing that should never happen ever that's embarrassing right, right. right. i think this is going to be great especially with some of these with some of these college programs these kids are coming from man they ain't used to that no absolutely if you're coming most power five schools probably have better facilities i go to michigan state and i look at michigan state's locker room I'm like this is unbelievable i go to their, you know the practice facility or their lounges that they have for players it's unreal and there are players that are leaving there and then going to places like you mentioned Kansas City. Um, tremendous success, but very outdated in, in a number of different ways. About the only thing, for the most part, that the NFL has definitely kept pace with is strength and conditioning staffs, like staffers. There have been a few outliers. The Baltimore Ravens got destroyed on this. But for the most part, sure. that's been good. But facilities are lagging, the way they travel is lagging. And something I think is very important to players, how their families get treated um, by the teams. Like, you know, there was a, there was a, a, a wife of a player who had to breastfeed their child yeah. on the yeah. floor of a bathroom, that was, of a public that, that bathroom. Was the, that was the Bengals, was it not? Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, yeah. I just... Yeah, what it's like doing? the more things like, change. I think the more things change, the more they stay the same, you know, um, with certain with certain organizations. But even even successful ones like you talked about, like teams that are winning, they're winning in spite of. Um, no, I mean, I, bravo, because it was like and all of this was hiding in plain sight. Now, you say, you know, NFL teams love to say that sunlight is the best deodorant. Now that this is out there, it's interesting to see whether some of these teams, whether they're shamed into improvements or whether you know the league decides to step in on it or whether they just say hey you know what if, if you're the cardinals yep and we're gonna and we're gonna keep charging players for dinner what you gonna do about it it'll be interesting to see if anything's actually done not that they should be embarrassed that some of this stuff has come to light but it shouldn't have taken this to get to get to the, uh, to get them to make improvements go it just goes to show you like they don't look at these players as partners they look at them as employees because they because they treat them uh, like they just the hired help. Charles, appreciate your help, bro. So are we are we kicking it tonight? Charles had me in these streets last night. We kicking it again tonight I, or what? I yeah, heard. yeah. Yeah, I just want to let you know though, I dropped him off last night and it felt like a parent dropping their kid off at camp. <laughs> you know? Like I was like, hey, you'll make friends. Like you'll make friends. Just talk 
just talk to people and like go play. You know, go play. Yeah, yeah, it'll be okay. You'll, he's like, all right, bye. I'll see you. <laughs> it's been a while, man. It's been a while, you know. I'm so look, I'm Charles. If another person come up to me at this thing talking about I grew up watching you. We used to be the young dudes at this event. We the OGs we are now, man. We are oh, OGs. oh my god! Tom, that's oh the kind god. of stuff I want to hear when you come on. That's what I want to hear. More stuff <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are there any other shooters that you've seen that have sort of blown you away that you've been very impressed with? Uh, I mean, I've seen one of them rub shoulder to shoulder with him for the last 11 years now. So Clay, obviously, what he does night in, night out, is, is, it's, been, it's been a cool journey. We never really, I shouldn't say, 95% of the time we work out on our own. Um, and we work out on either ends of the court, but we're always like out the corner of our eye looking to see what the other person's doing, seeing how hot they are, seeing how many they might have made in a row, seeing who's working the hardest, who's shooting the best, who's pushing you know the envelope um, every day, every practice, every game, and all that. And I have so much respect for for him as a shooter and what he's done in his career. Steve, there was a. Uh... A famous moment in your career where Steph shoots a three. It's against the Clippers, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Look like you're pulling your head out. He made it, but it was just like those moments. Fast forward to now, does that did that help you prepare you for Jordan and kind of those? <laughs> like, do, do you still have those thoughts, or it's like, eh, you've been doing this for? No, a while. I still have those thoughts. Yeah, um, I think the game has changed so much that, uh, and I think to be honest, I think Steph and Clay. Um, helped spur that change. Welcome, welcome, Marcus Thompson. I love the days that I get to be on with Mike and Marcus Thompson because they're two of my mentors. So I'm going to just throw that out every time I'm on with y'all together. So I am in the company of goats, goats, two legends. <laughs> uh... <laughs> as are we, as are we, baby. <laughs> um, Marcus, there has been so much conversation about shooting lately. You know, 
to Ahmad yeah. staff about who he considers, you know, to be some of the other top shooters in the league. So he talked about Clay, of course, initially, but he went through some other guys um, in there. He surprisingly, he brought up Bane. I shouldn't say that because Bane is a good shooter, but you know, with the Grizzlies being who they are, but he brought up Desmond Yay. Bane, he brought up some other guys around the league. <laughs> um, and then Complex put out this top 10 list. Ooh, we got a list. Of, what we got? Yeah. I haven't even seen put, it. They put out a top 10 list of the of who they consider the greatest shooters in, in NBA history. So I'm really curious. I want to get actually both of your thoughts on this because it's no surprise. You're going to see Steph who, is at the top. Who's, who's the 10? Okay, we got, we, do we have the list? Who's the 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kyrie. Kyrie's at 10. Yeah, Kyrie's at 10. And um, so here's Kyrie, the full Okay, yeah. that's a strong list. That's strong. Okay. I don't see any glaring I mean, omissions. Maybe Mark My Price. I don't see any glaring omissions. Yeah. Nah, I My see some glaring omissions. Yeah, go nah, ahead. I, I see some glaring. I feel like people like forget shooters existed before the proliferation of the, the three point, point line. line. Right? Yeah. You know who's yeah. off this list? Glaring omission. Mahmoud Abdul-Rahim. Glaring oh, yes, omission. Draws and Petrovic. The documentary. Right? Like, draws, rest in peace. Yes. Come on, man. Yes. Dale, Chris, Chris don't, Jackson, don't Mahmoud, going. he should be on there. Yes. You're right. You have Dale to Dale Ellis. Came out. Like, it was some, man, it was some, like, shooter but, shooters. But, here, uh, but Marcus, this is why I said, but Marcus, this is why I stay there. I don't, I don't see any glaring omissions. And this is why I list the front. Because 10. Ain't a top 15 list. Ain't a top 20 Correct. list. Yeah. If you put Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf in there, who are we taking out of this? So that's why I said it, it's not glaring. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. There are There's an argument to be made for some others. You're absolutely right. Especially Chris I, Jackson, later known as Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Yeah. Drazen Petrovic shot 44% from three. Who? <laughs> like, yeah. like, Drazen, Drazen Petrovic shot Drazen 44 Petrovic. And, and a non-three-point yeah. error, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm putting some other dudes on the list. That's all I'm saying. Uh, no doubt. I, no but doubt. it's fine. Larry Bird's a little too low for me, but, you know, it's fine. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't think Kyrie Irving should be on this list. Not top 10, personally. Um, I'm fine would, with him. I'm fine with him on the list. Kyrie Irving's yeah. a dead-eye shooter. I, I mean, the, the, statistically, from a percentage standpoint, Kyrie Irving belongs. Volume-wise, maybe not. But degree of difficulty... Or just, or just like I, your question is, what does best shooter mean? I think it's all yeah, shapes correct. and sizes, which I like. I like that there's Steph, who obviously was the highest degree of difficulty off the dribble, long distance combined with accuracy and efficiency guy. Clay is just like pure shooter, you know, release, form, volume, accuracy, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Kyrie, in terms of just like, you know, stroke. You know, beauty, art form. Kyrie absolutely belongs in that conversation. I mean, he belongs in the conversation, not top ten to me, though. That that's all I'm saying. Like Kyrie, <laughs> Dame, <laughs> a lot of these guys who people like put into these conversations and try to elevate them to the level of shooting. Steph is like those are some of the ones. Yeah, you Why make because you make, because you throwing, sh- I'm making faces because you throwing shade. Marcus, are you I, picking I up what, I, what, what I'm picking up? Uh, oh man, she's a walking canopy right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, what you trying to say? I'm not throwing shade. I'm just saying, like, for example, let's you, you talked about all the different things Kyrie can do, right? So l- l- I'm going to try to define shooter because to me, 
even when people say like Steph is the best shooter, oftentimes they're saying like three points. And like Steph is an incredible shooter, not just because right. all the different ways he can shoot from three. He is right. an incredible finisher. He's a better finisher than Kyrie, though I hear constantly all the time, see your face. Oh, Kyrie's the best finisher in the league. Stefan is a better finisher than Kyrie. If you want to say Kyrie's the prettiest finisher, just because you, you, you lean into the camera don't make you right. I'm just saying, I'm going to tell you why. Y'all just tell that and say that. But to me, who puts the hoop in the basket more at the higher percentage? That's the better finisher to me. And Steph has a serious layup package. I get that y'all like Kyrie's more. I get that you think it's prettier. But no, yes, yes. His float game, his layup package, all of that. And he puts it in at a higher percentage than Kyrie. He is a I gotta, better I got to give it up. Natalie, I got to give it up. You in your bag right now. Kind of like Kyrie around the rim. You in your bag. You know, I mean, Marcus, <laughs> can you help me out? Kyrie's, Kyrie's maybe the greatest, greatest finisher for a little guy. Greatest finisher around the rim in NBA history. He's up there with anybody. And Steph is great. Steph is great. But I'm not putting Steph's finishing game around uh, at the level of Kyrie's, number one. Number two, it when I talk about shooters. Better. When I talk about... See, there you go with the better thing. When I talk about shooters, when I talk about shooters, I don't, <laughs> I don't put finishing around the rim in that category. I put it's mid range and out for me, which is why Durant's in that conversation, Marcus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at this from a shooter perspective as like, like how well are you? If we were to like assign a point value for each of these various types of shots. Like, how well do you execute it? To me, I agree with Natalie. That's why Steph's the best shooter of all time. Not because he made the most threes, because from every yeah, level on sure. the court, he, he's Three making levels. shots. Uh, uh, yeah. and, but I also think that's why you got to consider some other guys, just because there wasn't the three-point craziness. But, bro, you cannot tell me Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf doesn't belong in this lit, right? Every oh, level of it. Yeah, exactly. So that's the stuff that I think about. Uh, to me... I mean, I'm going to put, I, I could see, I could make an argument for Kyrie not being on this list, for Dirk Nowitzki really? not being on this list. Yeah, for really? uh, Steve being on this list. Yeah, I mean. What? You just eliminated you can, like you the can 50, make the argument. Y'all, y'all, y'all eliminating the 50, 40, uh, 40, 90 club. Okay. I mean, what are we doing here? Well, what, well why are we not putting Steve Kerr on the list? Like, if you just sure, do you your are. two shots, but, then but, yeah. But Steve, you're but master Steve Kerr. two shots. Okay, but that's horrible. Like, you can but, master but, that. But wait a but y'all saying two different things. Like, okay, so if you're putting Kerr on the list, if you're putting Corver on the list, then you're talking about specifically three-point shooting and percentage. You're not talking about degree of difficulty. You're not talking about off the dribble. But then you're saying finishing is the same thing. It's not the same thing. I mean, that's what we call it, finishing. It's not. No, I, think I don't there is think a distinction so. I don't think so. There's a distinction think so. between around the rim. The thing. No, no, no. That's not what I was saying. The point I was trying to make is that people just think about stuff as a three-point shooter. And what I'm saying, mid-range free throws, the various different ways he shoots the three. Free throws should be incorporated in this, yes. All, every kind of shot. He's actually one of the most elite scorers in NBA history, but his shooting, he does all of yes. the things yes. at the highest levels. That's what I'm saying. Why? So okay, but this, but this is what I want to know. Shooter. This is what I want to know. Why, why did this conversation devolve into a Steph celebration? Like, wait, nobody no, it's said that about... I, it's actually, I'm very angry, and I'm going to tell you why, because I was away for two days, Marcus. Oh, I was I, away I for two tell. days. I was away for two days, okay? And so Mike and Holly had this conversation. Um, you know, Dame had his 71. Yes, yeah, shout out to Dame. Dame, everyone scores a lot of points nowadays. So Dame had his 71 points, and like what every other hell? time... 
every other time someone in the NBA does something, Kyrie has a night, Dame has a night. All of a sudden, all these conversations come up about how great they are, and he, they, those players get referenced with Steph. So here, here's what Mike had to say on yeah. on Monday about about Dame after he scored his 17. He's already one of the greatest shooters of all time. I know Steph has that locked up, but Klay Thompson and Damian Lillard are right at that same table. They, they it's like it's, it's not even like head of the table and everybody down. It's like it's almost like Last Supper if you want. Everybody all leaned in close to Steph Curry, or it's like a little small table in the restaurant where like we crowded around it and we putting two tables together because. I, Dane is not the all-time leading three-point shooter in NBA history, percentage-wise or mates, but he's as good as anybody at the three ball, specifically the long three ball. Show me okay. the lie. Show me the lie. First of all, okay, I'm about to tell you the lie. He does not belong at no table with Steph. I'll tell you that, right? Like, <laughs> listen to me. Okay, first of all, Dame has shot 40% from three once in his entire career, okay? Once. You want to know when that was? During the infamous bubble season, shocking, the year that Jamal became Jamal Curry and AD became KD. Everything that happened in the bubble was an outlier season for everyone. That's why people looking at Denver funny. Everything happened there. It looks fugazi in the light, okay? 40% once from three. Steph, except for last year and the year he broke his hand, has always been over 40%. Last year, he shot 38% when everyone thought he was in decline. That would be a top five season for Dame. He's never had as many seasons shooting 90% or higher at the free throw line. And then you were raving about, oh, oh, you know, the way he got his 71 and the little amount of free throws he took, which was still a lot. Guess how many of those high scoring games that Steph has and how many free throws he took and how many 40 point games he has with barely any free throws. He, he's not at that table. There's no one. There's Stefan, and then there's everyone else. So you're not going to put Dame at the table because there's even other shooters who are better than Dame that belong at the t- table. And it's so disrespectful to, to, to Steph. It's like comparing Clyde to MJ. Do not compare these other guys to Steph. Talk about them, praise them, but they are not in his category. They're not. That's it. I have more on this, but I'm going to stop now. So we have to continue with oh. the it's a lot of lot of Brooklyn coming out right now, Marcus. It's just I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm just I feel attacked. I mean, Marcus, last word. I mean, you and Natalie, uh, you probably, uh, probably uh, it probably be in your best interest to be with Natalie right now. You don't want that. Uh, no, I absolutely. You know me, man. I'm from East Oakland. I refuse to say anything other than how great Damian Lillard is. But Natalie's right. Like people always use these opportunities to. Compared to like this dude is in a different class, man. Like it's it, it like you you talk about Magic, you talk about Jordan, you talk about Kareem. You just don't you don't talk about them dudes like that. You, you step in that category. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. 
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Marcus, let the record show Natalie asked me to come on today. She asked me to come on my own show to kick my ass. That's what she asked me. That's what she, that's what, like, last time I come on this show, I'm going back to being a guest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.